0: I'm doing a little bit of a different setup here. We're doing a little bit of a different setup because today is going to be a little bit different as you will see in a moment. But first, uh, I wanted to personally make one last announcement um, regarding a conversation that I had on the gospel, race, and the church with um, my friend Bill Buffington. Uh, Bill is a a pastor who is in Los Angeles. He's been there for uh, 20 years. He also happens to be black. And so... um, I sat down with him and I did an interview with him in order to understand what it's like um, for him living in our country with this most current um, racial injustice and we're feeling it, seeing it on the news. I realized maybe for the first time in my life that me simply not being racist and loving all people the same and loving all ethnicities and loving all colors and creeds and languages. And I've been to 26 different countries. Like I don't, Of course, I don't need to like do anything beyond just being loving and racist. I realize, like, oh, wow, there's actually a lot that I can do if I am going to partner with God's heart in bringing his multi-ethnic kingdom to earth like it is in heaven. And so a lot of that starts with... um, gaining an understanding of what it's like to be someone who has a different experience living in this country. And so Bill has been so gracious in helping me understand uh, what's going on. Like I said, he's been a friend for 20 years. He's been so helpful. So we decided that it would also be good for me as not just a, a human being, an individual, but as a pastor at Reality Ventura, for me to sit down with Bill and ask him a series of questions on kind of on behalf of our church. Because one of the things that we realize is that uh, we've kind of have, we have a deficiency in our church culture because we never talk about this stuff. And it's been exposed in this season. We see that as leaders and that's on us, man. We take responsibility for that. And there's some work to be done if we're gonna catch up with God's heart on this. Um, the Bible says to weep with those who weep. And so then when, when I see my black brothers and sisters weeping, I need to weep with them but I can't weep unless I can begin to gain an understanding of where the weeping even is coming from. And so uh, that is, to that end is why I sat down with Bill um, to to just do some listening. And so we talked about his experience um, of what it's been like even as a pastor to be living in Los Angeles as a black man, which is a very different experience, quite frankly, than mine. And we talked about racial prejudice and we talked about how it is actually a gospel issue way before it's a political issue. Um, and what we can do as Christians and the church to be a part of seeing gospel bring, the gospel bring change in our own individual hearts and minds first, and then in our communities and churches. So this interview with Bill that I did is not everything, but it is uh, something, and we believe as elders, that it is an important and necessary step in us beginning to sync up more so with the heart of God on this. So if you haven't watched it already, thank you for those of you who have. I've gotten a lot of comments like, gosh Dom, this was so good. I needed this. I didn't even realize I needed this and I needed this. Um, So thank you for that. If you haven't seen it yet, please go to our YouTube page and check that out. Okay, like I said, today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm not really going to preach so much. I'm kind of here sharing more as a brother. I want to exhort us uh, in the fact that um, I think God has a plan for you wherever you are um, and a plan to awaken and revitalize uh, prayer in you. Now don't get scared, okay? I'm talking about talking to God. That's all prayer is, all right? It's easy. You can talk to your neighbor. You can talk to your family. You can talk to me. You can talk to God. Actually, he's a lot more gracious than I am with people who are talking to me. He just wants to hear us, uh, Talk, Um, so we're gonna do something. I'm gonna talk for a few minutes and then we're gonna do something in our homes that's gonna involve you and your home and I think it's gonna be really good. Uh, Let me just talk for about 10 minutes here though. As you know, we have been in this series called Such a Time as This and the subtitle is uh, Hidden Treasures from the Cave of Quarantine, right? And the idea there is that we believe God has put us in the Cave of Quarantine, for such a time as this because he is wanting to uh, reveal to us hidden treasures from the middle of that. We believe deeply that there are invaluable lessons for each of us to learn and invaluable things to be birthed from this season that can't be birthed uh, apart from any other kind of season. There's some things that can only grow once there's like the ashes of a burnt fire on the soil, okay? And there's some things that can only be found in the depths of a dark, musky, kind of like scary cave. Um, We believe God has that for us. And through this season, believe he's been speaking to us, right? I've heard it from you guys. And I'm there too. I don't know if you guys know this, but I get the sermons before I preach them on Sunday like I can't preach unless the sermon has first been preached to me right so God God's speaking to me during the week he's preaching to me during the week and then I get to communicate that to you Um, and I'm with you God's been speaking some powerful stuff to us one of the things that I believe he's been showing us is the significance of prayer I told you last week that every time I sat down to go to the next sermon after prayer that the Lord was like hey dude We're not done yet with prayer. And we ended up preaching four weeks on prayer, um, culminating in our church-wide 24-hour prayer fast last Tuesday. And here's one of the biggest takeaways for me as we've been talking about prayer. Um, It's just like with the prayer fast. The, The prayer fast was not meant to be like a one and done thing where it's like, oh, we did that. Check, I'm never gonna do that again. But rather, um, it was to show us that, man, this is a really good practice for us to have. Prayer fasting should be a practice in our lives that, that points us away from the emptiness of the world and points us to the fullness of God in all of his promises. In that same way, I really believe that God is inviting us, friends, to partner with him in building his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, through the practice of faith-filled, fervent prayers. I believe that God is uh, wanting us or inviting us to stop striving by working and start trusting by praying. Uh, as I was preparing last night, just putting some notes down on paper, I just, I just had a sense from our Father in heaven that um, he's just, he's really wanting to hear from his kids. And he's, he's, he's not just wanting to listen, but like he's wanting to answer us. And um, we need to respond to that. Like as if a, a parent of a child is like, hey, will you sit down with me? I just wanna hear you talk. I think that's how the father is, is right now with us. Um, and so with that, I, I think the encouragement is if there's been stuff going on in your life, your family's life, your community, that is unresolved, needs some kind of resolution, and you've been working really hard to get the resolution, planning for it, trying to figure it out. I think God is inviting us right now to stop uh, laboring in work and start laboring in prayer over that. Um, I I just have a sense of that. I think there's a new rhythm that he's wanting to develop in us and birth in our church. Um, The prayer meetings have always been the heartbeat and the lifeblood of our church, but I think God is wanting to do a fresh work even there in our corporate prayer meetings as well. I was so encouraged uh, last week, Billy mentioned our our Tuesday night prayer and worship. Man, in 11 years of doing every single week prayer meetings, we have never had a prayer meeting that was as well attended as our prayer fast prayer meetings last week. There was a hundred people here at the seven p.m. plus at least another fifty people online. We since the church began eleven years ago, we have never had a prayer meeting like that. I believe there is a, a fresh like pouring out of God's Spirit filling us up, calling us into this like intimate relationship of prayer and into this deeper prayer uh, practice of prayer. There's a fresh anointing, I think on God's people right now and on, on us. And he wants to hear us. He wants to breathe life in, give us his heart as we pray. Then he wants to listen to our prayers. I think he wants to respond to our prayers. So let me encourage you, man, if there's something that you've laid down, you just like, dude, I don't pray about that anymore. I stopped praying about that. I put that down, I, I gave up on it. I just wanna encourage you, be like the persistent widow in Luke 18, pick that back up and start fervently asking the Lord again. So, We have been uh, praying online, okay? We have been praying in church. Today, we are going to pray at home. I know some of you just got butterflies in your stomach. Like, what does that mean, okay? We're gonna pray at home. Specifically, we are going to bring the prayer meeting into your spaces this morning. Now, okay, before you turn off the live feed and, Get all squirmy. Um, Let me explain here. First of all, if you're still with me, just say, I'm with you, Dom. Dom. Maybe reluctantly, say, I'm with you, Dom. (laughs) Okay, this is not gonna be difficult. This is not gonna be painful. This is gonna be simple and it's gonna be powerful. If you have kids, they can participate in this, okay? That's how simple this is. There is a spiritual muscle of prayer that is like in many of us, right? God is wanting to uh, take us to the gym of his kingdom and, and to exercise this, this spiritual muscle of prayer to strengthen it for a purpose and for such a time as this. Part of what God is doing right now, listen, you may not like this, but I need to tell you, I've talked to pastors all, I was talking to one yesterday at Cornerstone in Simi and it was like he was saying the exact same things that we've been saying here. Man, this is happening across the church worldwide. I believe that this is something God is doing right now. He's tearing down the idols of church buildings and he's tearing down the idols of church leadership. Okay, that puts me there, right? I'm I'm in that. He's tearing down the idols of church buildings and the idols of church leadership. Listen, I love our building. I'm in it right now. There's 15 people in here or whatever right now. I love it. We had our worship night the other night. I love our building. I love being together. But part of what God is trying to show us is I don't need the building though. I don't need the building. Uh, Ephesians 2.21 says, you are the building. You are the building. All the pieces put together. The body of Christ makes up the building, the dwelling place of God. Okay, so that's one thing. And then the next thing is uh, the preacher on the TV, okay, so maybe that's me, um, may not actually be able to affect your life, your family, your sphere of influence in the same way that you are able to affect those same people. Even if I'm a better communicator than you, even if I may be more spiritually mature than you, have more experience doing this or that, have more scripture memorized or whatever, God wants to use you, okay? There's no like degree required here. This dude, I was talking to a cornerstone. He's all, I'm so intimidated. Uh, he's, he's one of the, he's not like one of the teaching pastors. He's another pastor. He's all, I'm so intimidated. All these guys have their masters of divinities at our church, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, I didn't even graduate from my unaccredited Bible college, <laughs> right? And I'm like doing this. Case in point, God uses the foolish things of the world to do his work. So if you're in that camp where you're like, dude, I don't, I wasn't trained, I don't know. God doesn't care. He does not care. He has put you where you are for such a time as this for a reason. Our job over here, my job over here is to equip you over there to do your work over there. And so believe it or not, your shaky prayers and your palm sweating sharing of the gospel with the people that are around you is actually more effective than my most dynamic, well-crafted sermons will ever be for those people, period. Because that's not what they're intended for. They're intended to equip you to go do the work with those people. That's how God intended it, right? Your words, your people, your life. That is how he intended it. I think part of what God is wanting to remind us in this season, and that it's not, is that it's not about me. It's about you, It's about her, it's about him, it's about each one of us all doing our special, specific part in the body of Christ. So that's part of what today is about. That's part of what this season about. Today, we are gonna live that in real life, do something a little bit different. This is not another sermon on prayer. This is like live action sermon on prayer played out by you in your homes. I'm telling you right now, I believe God has a special power and anointing on us to pray for our own specific places, which we are going to do in a few minutes. But first I'm going to say a couple more things. I want to encourage you today, guys. I want to encourage you today. God loves it when he hears husbands pray for their homes. God loves it when he hears wives and mothers pray for their homes and their children. God loves it when he hears children pray for their homes. He loves it when he hears people praying for their homes and their roommates that they live with. God loves it when you take initiative, you live by yourself in an apartment, he loves it when we begin to pray for our neighborhoods, okay, in our apartment complexes, and our streets. God loves it, he loves hearing it. He loves hearing it and quite frankly, I think he likes it better when you pray for your people than when I pray for your people. Because you have a special connection to your people. And quite frankly, you can do work there in prayer that I could never do. I don't care how eloquent or scripture filled my prayers are, your prayers have more power there because you you are not just praying with like some poise, you're praying with passion, right? You're praying with, with conviction because you have actual connection there and God loves it when his people pray with conviction and passion. So guys, God's ears are open to us today. 1 Peter 3.12 says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears open to their prayers. He leans in to you to listen to what you are praying today. So I want to bless you in that, okay? I want to release you to do that, to step into that today. But Dom, I don't, I don't know what is scary to, I don't know, uh, what if I say the wrong, I don't know if I say the right thing, I don't know. This and my kids are here today, which is so fun. They haven't been here on a Sunday in three months. They're sitting so quietly over here. And uh, when each one of them were like three or four, our youngest is seven now. Um, and, they have, and they had massive speech impediments just because they're cute little kids. Uh, and they were trying to find the words, right? Using words they didn't even know what they meant. And they would come to me and they would, they would begin to talk about what they were feeling. Maybe they're sad about something. Maybe they're really excited about something. Maybe they were really wanting something. Maybe they wanted to go back to somewhere we had gone before. And as they would begin to talk, um, they wouldn't sound very good. They'd sound cute. But you certainly wouldn't want them to do like some speech on TV or something. And never once was I like, hold on, dude can you just go to speech school and then come back to me once you figure out how to like do this whole talking thing better? Because I'm their father, man. I just want to hear their hearts. I still do. I still just want to like hear their hearts and not once am I ever with my kids, not the seven year old, the 12 and a half year old, the 16 year old, like, ah, dude, you messed up your words when you were talking to me right now. Can you start over? Because I don't care. As long as they're honest with me, as long as they're speaking from their hearts, as long as they're speaking from their soul and I can tell they're just sharing with me, that's all I want to hear. Listen, your father in heaven just wants to hear you talk from your heart. He does not care about the words that you use. In fact, Jesus said, when you pray, don't keep babbling on like the pagans who think that they will be heard because of their many words. God does not care what words we use, if we use words that are big or small or whatever. He wants to hear our hearts today. Psalm 51, 17 says, a broken and a contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. What he wants from us is to come to him in humble dependence today, like a child comes to a father. The last thing I'll say is this before we pray. Um, Fathers, listen to me. I'm a dad, K. Okay? I I get it. I get the feeling of like, gosh, I'm never doing enough. I'm trying hard. I wanna be like the best I can. I wanna be better than like my dad was. I wanna do the best I can. I don't always feel like I'm the, the best leader. The Bible says I'm the priest of my home. It feels like so much pressure. I wanna acknowledge that today. Um, and I wanna acknowledge that just because you're not good at it, doesn't mean that you're not the priest of your home, okay? So what your family needs from you, even today, is uh, not to do something fancy, to pray fancy prayers. What they need you to do is just pray. This day and every day, your kids, your wife, they just need you to pray. They don't need you to sound awesome. They just need you to pray. You don't have to like puff out your chest. You don't have to know a lot. You don't have to like be all assertive. You just gotta say as simple as, hey guys, let's pray together. And then pray simple faith-filled prayers like a child. God loves that from us. And then I just wanna say to moms or wives who are in a home uh, where there may not be a man who is spiritually present or even physically present, uh, sometimes the tendency can be for us to say, as the women to say like, um, oh, well, there's no one to lead. There's no one to, I guess I I can't do anything until my man starts leading or until I get a man or something because he's supposed to be the priest of the home. Listen, God does intend for the men to be the priests of the home. We see that in scripture, just like God intended for men to be the judges in Israel. Okay, but when there wasn't a righteous man to do that job, God raised up a woman named Deborah to righteously rule the people of God because there was no man to come and do it. Okay, so God will raise up you in your home to lead your home, even if there is a lack there in that like man priesthood thing. And I wanna encourage you to lean into that if that's you today and in this season.